Well, good morning and welcome to Western Hills. My name is Lane Luttrell, and I'm very excited to be here with you on week three of Reality Check, this series that we're in looking at Paul's letter to the Colossians. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians 3, because every week we have been looking at a different chapter in Colossians, looking at the main idea behind it, looking at the the thesis, the heart of that chapter in Colossians. And so week three means that we will be in chapter three. And this is one of those chapters that just, you read it and you think, oh, Paul's not holding back on this one. Oh, Paul's bringing it right here. Here we go. This is preacher Paul in his moment. And he is just, you know, writing with some, some intensity here. And so I think what would be best for us to do this morning is to just dive right in. Let's just start reading Colossians 3 to start us off this morning. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all, and Christ is in all. Now let's hit the pause button here, because there is so much to unpack already in this passage The first thing we see from Paul is set your minds on things that are above, not things that are here on earth. What this means is that set your minds, think about, practice the things that come from heaven. Worshiping your Father daily, falling on your knees to Jesus, practicing the things that Jesus did during his lifetime towards others. And what comes from setting our minds on things above is glory. Glory. When Christ appears, who is our life, we will appear with glory. And the second part of this passage from Paul says, now put to death all that is earthly in you. This, this Greek word for death means to destroy, obliterate, get rid of entirely. Because these do not set your minds on these things, do not practice these things, because just as when Christ is your life, He brings glory, but when earthly desires run our life and dictate our decisions, God's wrath is coming. 
It's a very heavy and weighty passage. And then Paul goes on to say, do not lie to one another. I like how this is separated from the rest of what Paul tells us to put away because what what Paul is doing is deliberately addressing something that is going on in Colossae. He's saying that you have been lying to one another, your fellow Colossians, your fellow church-going friends. Now, in Colossians, the people there, they would have never thought that glory could be in their midst. They would have never thought that. They are a hard-working, third-rate country town that is full of ex-pagans, ex-Roman God and Greek God worshipers. They live on the side of a river, which means that a lot of people come and a lot of people go. To be from Colossae is not something that is really like, like celebrated, right? And so by Paul saying that, that glory comes with Christ, that would not... That would not even be in their wheelhouse of thinking. But Paul tells them, maybe you're thinking all wrong. Maybe you're setting your minds on things that are on earth where there's no glory to be had. But not because because on earth, that's where your work is done. And the glory that comes from Christ is grace. That is not anything that you have done or could do, but is a gift that is given to you. That's Jesus turning the world upside down. And he turns the world upside down by saying that glory is there for you in Christ when he is your life. Now, do not lie to one another. We can tell some lies in our day. This is separated for a reason. Paul is saying that the lies that they are telling each other are the lies about what the the good life is. Lies about what having the good life is. If I if I just make enough money, then I will be okay and I won't have to worry about anything else ever again. Because I see these people that are living in sexual immorality and in impurity and evil desires and they're doing okay for themselves. What Paul wants them to know is that those things that Paul tells us to put to death, those are temporary happiness and we can run to them they are temporary happiness and paul is saying that you can buy into the lie that temporary happiness is greater than eternal joy and that's a lie that we cannot no longer live in christ brings eternal joy and it is far greater than temporary happiness and this, this do not lie that Paul is talking about, it doesn't just mean with your, with your words or with your mouth. This means with your actions too. Do not lie to one another. Do not say that you are one thing, but act a different way. But be fully in Christ. Christ is your life. Paul says in Galatians, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's Christ being our life. And the greatest lie that we can tell is to ourselves. Now, when I was a kid, I lied all the time. And I thought I was going to get away with it. I thought I was good. I did theater so I could act a little bit. I could not lie. 
I got caught every single time. My mom is here. She is nodding her head yes because she knows that I got caught every single time. She would pray, get this parents, she would pray that I would get caught. Because she knew that if I got caught, there's a good chance that I won't do it again. And she was right. So there's a parenting tip by a a non-parent by my mom. One time I got caught because I had failed a math test. Not just failed a math test, I got a 45 in sixth grade. I didn't stand a chance against this math test. I got a 45, and so since I failed, I had to go home and get my parents' signature which is just a brutal thing for teachers to do to students. But I had to get my parents' signature, letting them know that I had failed this test, letting them know that I have to retake this test, and I had to stay after school. But being the perfect, people-pleasing child that I was, I did not want them to know that I had failed this test. So I forged my dad's signature. Some of you might be ahead of me and know what happens next. I forged my dad's signature, and I thought this was a work of art. I mean, I thought it was great. I know that he put his first initial, and then he did the rest of his signature. And I turned it into my teacher, and I said, I got something for you. She knew immediately. And I retook the test because I had to stay back and, and to retake it. And I told my parents that I was staying for tutoring. So not only was I lying, but I was trying to get in their good graces. And I thought I had gotten away with it until I got home, and my dad sat, my dad sat me down and then later sent me to my room. One lie turned into lying to my teacher, which turned to lying to my mom, which turned to lying to my dad. And what I learned, what I know now, which I wish I would have known back then, is that the second we lie, we begin living the lie. The second we lie, we begin living the lie. And lies cloud our reality with Jesus. They are a false reality. Lies cloud our reality with Jesus. Based on what's going on outside, maybe I should say lies fog up our reality with Jesus. Maybe the lie that you are buying into is like the lie that is, that is of the Colossians, which is... You might think that glory is never in your future and that you can never be good enough. The lie that you might have been told as a child or growing up in high school or or whatever time might be from a parent that just cut to the core of you. And you could have been told a thousand times in one day that you are beautiful, but because of this one comment, you can't Look at yourself any differently. Maybe this lie is from your, your, your boss that just sticks with you and tells you that you aren't good enough. Maybe they told you you just need to give up. We can buy into, we can believe a lot of lies. But the reality check that we need to hear this morning is that the cross brings truth. Every single day, time and time again, the cross brings truth. And the truth is that our identity is found in the cross. That's why Paul writes that in 
Christ Jesus in the cross, in the gospel, in a reality with Jesus. There is no Jew or Greek. There is no circumcised or uncircumcised. There is no barbarian or Scythian, slave or free. There is no American or foreigners. There's no political party that I base my identity into. There's no geographical location that I could be located in. There's no ethnicity that I could claim that defines me better than the cross that Jesus Christ laid his life down on for me. That's what my identity is in. That is who we are. That's the truth about us. And what we need to hear today is that we now have a new life in the image of a creator. The image of God who created us. And God created you And God is not going to create something that he is not proud of, something that he does not love, something that he does not desire or want. God created you with the intent to be in relationship with you, to want life with you, to want your all. And for Christ, who is your life, to bring you into glory with him. The cross brings the truth. And the truth is that you are, are fearfully and wonderfully made. Maybe you know the psalm that I just referenced. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You you hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Jumping down to verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. I don't know every detail about where you are, but I know there's somebody in this room that needs to hear today that they are fearfully and wonderfully made by a God who loves them. I'm tearing up now. I I teared up whenever I wrote this. And I cry far too often. I've cried at commercials before, okay? I cry far too often. But I couldn't help but tear up because there are too many people who don't know this. There are too many people who have never heard this before. There are too many people that don't believe in this truth. And who are living a lie. And it's our job to tell them. It's our job to live as fearfully and wonderfully made. It's our job to live this new life created by God. And the sad truth is that we do know this. And we can still buy into the lies. We can still buy into the things that we might have been told at a young age. We can still buy into the lies that we see on social media. 
Maybe we just need to take a pause from social media as a world. (laughs) We can still buy into the lies that we are unlovable and unwanted, but the truth is that God loves you more than you could ever know. He created you. He loves you more than you could ever know. I want to speak directly to the children, the kids in this room. When I was a kid, when I was your age, especially you online, whenever I was your age, I used to ask my mom and dad, my my sister and I used to ask my mom and dad, how much do you love us? And they'd say, how much do you think we love you? And we would say, I think you love us this much. And they're like, oh no, more than that. And you're like, this much? Oh, more than that. Oh, this much? And since we were smaller, our arms could only go about this far. And then my parents would say, no, 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 we love you this much. And we were like, whoa, you love us this much? My arms don't even go out that far. It's exactly my point. God loves you more than your arms can reach. God loves you more than you can even comprehend and think of. God's love is greater than Mount Everest for you. Now, parents, you know how much you love your kid. You do anything for them. You lay down your life for them. You would protect them beyond all belief. God loves you more than you love your kid. And that's the truth. For those of us who, who don't have kids, and we think about how much we love our parents, or think about how much we love our best friend, or how much we, we love our spouse, or we, we, we love our fiancé, think of how much we love that person. God loves us far more than we could ever put into words or ever feel. Because we are made in the image of a creator who loves us, and it is the love of God that destroys lies. Love destroys the lies. Just as we are to put to death, destroy, obliterate, get rid of the things that are earthly, Jesus Christ and his love for us destroys the lies. When Christ went to the cross and died, the lies went with him. He proved the truth on the cross. Now it's up to us to live in the image of the Creator. What Paul does in his letters, which is so genius, and I, I you know, Paul is genius, I can say that, and he, what he does is he tells us what Christ has done for us, what the, the gospel is. He, he relates to us what God sent Jesus down to do. But then he tells us, because Jesus did this, we are to do this now. Because Jesus died for us, here's how we live for him. And he tells us, once you have put to death the old ways, here's the new life that you are to put on in Colossians 3 verse 12. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, 
put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Think about the areas of your life right now where you just need harmony. Think about your relationship with your your spouse or with your kids, or maybe there is just a jerk at work that you just need harmony with that person. Think about the areas where you need harmony and put on the love of Christ because a reality with Jesus is harmony. And lies cloud our reality with Jesus. A reality with Jesus is harmony. And when you, when you recognize those areas, I know that one of these things must have stuck out to you that you know, okay, I can put this on. I need to be a little better at this. I need to really show this person whatever is listed. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, maybe you need to put on a compassionate heart to those who were just broken and lost. And what breaks God's heart needs to break your heart. Maybe, maybe you need to put on kindness to that jerk. And you just need to say, you know what? I'm just going to kill him with kindness. Right? I'm just going to put on kindness to that person. And I'm saying, you, you don't have to be best friends with that person. But maybe showing them kindness would just create some harmony in that relationship. Humility. Being humble Randy, Randy Harris has a great quote. Being humble is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Maybe you need to think of yourself less and give credit where credit is due to Jesus Christ. Meekness, where you might say, I have to be strong. I have to be the one to take it all on my shoulders. I have to be the one to fix all these problems. What if you just said, Jesus, you are the strong one in this. I'm going to be meek. You be strong. And patience. Maybe you need harmony in your your future. Maybe you need to be patient and let your plan be God's plan. Lies cloud our reality with Jesus. But the reality check that we need to hear is that the cross brings truth. The truth that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of a creator who loves you. And it is this love that destroys the lies and creates a reality with Jesus that is harmony. Now for the past three weeks, or two weeks, what, I, what I've been doing is having like a three-tier sort of go and do. Do these three things, practice these, and I just want us to practice one thing. Just one thing is I want us to practice, and that is pray this prayer throughout our week. This prayer comes at the end of Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. That needs to be our prayer. God, lead me in your way forever. May I not have my mind set on the things on earth, but may I have them set in heaven where you are. Lead me into that way. Let's pray that prayer. Maybe your most stressful time when you need to pray that prayer is 9 a.m. when you're driving into work or whenever you open your computer to get on Zoom. I don't know. But maybe you need to pray that prayer at 9 a.m. 
But maybe your most stressful time is at 5 p.m. Whenever you come home and you don't know what you're about to walk into. You just had a tough day at work and you might walk into a storm. You don't know what you're about to walk into. Praying that prayer will center your minds and it will center your thoughts on the things that are on heaven. I'm going to invite Scott to come up and to pray us out as we close. And as he is doing that, I just want to remind you all that next week is our final message in Reality Check. And I have really enjoyed being here. Next week, it's kind of the culmination of it all. Chapter 4 of Colossians, if you want to go ahead and, and read that in preparation. But it's kind of the culmination of it all. So you don't want to miss next week. And if you haven't um, yet subscribed to the YouTube and the podcast, you're able to catch up at where we are in Reality Check by doing so. That is a shameless plug that they did not tell me to say. But I want to gain brownie points with them, and so that's why I said it. Um, but that's a great way to really stay tuned in to what Western Hills is doing. Let me say this blessing over us, and this comes from Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Scott?